Welcome to Leveraging the Laboratory, a Mayo Clinic Laboratories podcast for administrators, outreach managers, and laboratory professionals to learn how best to leverage and optimize the laboratory for patients, clients, and staff. I'm your host, Jane Hermanson, Outreach Manager at Mayo Clinic Laboratories. And joining me today are Ellen Dykman-Dalkas and Brianne Newton, Mayo Clinic Laboratories Outreach Solutions Strategists. What we're going to talk about today is key performance indicators, KPIs for short. What are they? Why are they important? What should we measure? And truly, who cares about them? So let's just use the words key performance indicators. Well, by definition of terms, key, something that's key, is something that's important. Performance is really just a task or an accomplishment, right? And when we think about performance in the laboratory, it may be something we've performed a laboratory test and that's going to impact patient care or impact a customer. And indicator is just a measure. KPIs are simply a measure that's used to evaluate the success of an organization. Pick any old area of performance. If you can measure it, it's an indicator. For example, how long does it take the water in your morning shower to get hot? The indicator is the length of time and the performance is hot. The key is whether or not it's important and only you can assign importance to this indicator and not everybody will be interested in it. So truly, it's not likely that your neighbor is going to care about how long it takes you to get hot water in your shower, but your teenage sons definitely will. So. What do KPIs have to do with laboratory and the outreach program? Well, I'm sure you've all heard the Drucker quote, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And if there's anything that we do well in the laboratory, it's measurements, right? So let's talk about KPIs in the lab and specific KPIs for outreach that can be particularly meaningful. This is where our panel comes in. Ellen and Brianne, are you guys ready? Let's start with outreach operational KPIs. Ellen Dykman-Dulkas, you ran an outreach program and you created some tremendous performance dashboards. Tell us what you measured and why. Sure, Jane, thanks for that question. I managed the call center and I managed a third party courier, but really in the broader scope, the laboratory that I worked in had a quality improvement management plan that they put together every year. And part of that was rolling into those metrics, the call center metrics. So what did the call center measure? Well, we wanted to know how many calls were coming in every month. And so, you know, we saw the trend as we started to grow as a system, the numbers started to increase over time. And we were very interested in the abandon rate. When people called, did they hang up? or did they stay on the line? And how long did that call take? And all those metrics can help you ascertain whether you have a call center with the right knowledge base to answer the calls. If their abandon rate was the wait time too long, how many transferred calls were sent to a different department? And some calls by nature automatically were transferred. For instance, the blood bank calls were automatically transferred, or we let the clients get the direct number so that they didn't need to be transferred. A lot of microbiology calls were transferred. And so we tried to understand what those calls were that were getting transferred so that we could give our call center the information to answer those calls. Another part of the quality metrics for our KPIs for outreach was the courier response time. Clients are very in tune to getting specimens ready to be picked up, 
But inevitably, winter storms come, there's hurricanes, there's floods, there's accidents, there's drivers that get into car trouble. And so by monitoring the on-time performance, meaning a client didn't show up too early or arrive too late, that was looked at every month. And then when I was the outreach manager, I would look at that and footnote it, right? So if it took their on-time performance, they said they would arrive at a client site within 95% of what they said. And if it was slipping to 85%, well, I wanted to know why. And many times we had to readjust the routes. You know, as systems grow and you tack on another client to the route, eventually the route is beyond its capacity and you may need to add a different route. So monitoring on-time performance was equally critical. And then the amount of errors, the amount of clients, and I would meet with clients regularly every three months or so, and I would bring their error rate. And so, and what do I mean by their error rate? Because they're doing the best they can, but perhaps they never put the ICD-10 code on, or they had new staff or a requisition that wasn't clear. So I would keep track of those errors. And then when I would meet with the client, we'd go over them. And then I'd provide education so that they could be more compliant, but the lab wasn't holding up specimens and creating a lot of rework that the call center had to follow up on. So I find the data presented in a KPI scorecard very important. Brianne, you're up next. Ellen just gave some great non-analytic examples. What about within the testing laboratory itself? What are some of the key KPIs from the lab that might impact service that an outreach customer receives? Any ideas? Well, let's turn to the one that's the backbone and bane of every lab ex existence, which is the turnaround time. That's the one that everybody is interested in. And that one for sure, a, a lab leader, outreach leader needs to be watching. And we know from being in the labs ourselves is that time fluctuates with outside factors, outside effects that may come in and, and prevent the lab from performing it peak optimum conditions, and it's up to the lab leaders and the, the outreach leaders to remove those. So as far as testing goes, your turnaround times, for sure, you want to be watching. But those also, even more importantly, need to be communicated upfront before it becomes an issue. What can the customer and the client expect? And uh, we know it's not going to be the same for everything. So those tests that you run routinely, throughout the day, 24 seven, what can the client expect the turnaround time to be for those versus the ones that maybe you batch throughout the week or maybe even have to send out yourself. And so I think it's really important at the beginning of that relationship to communicate the turnaround times. And then if for some reason the lab exceeds those, be open and transparent, communicate with the client, what's going on? Are you doing anything to mitigate it for future? <laughs> or is it just kind of like, whoops, oh, well, you know, we don't really want those. And so what are you doing to try to prevent that for the future? So definitely that one. Another one that I would also track or suggest tracking is your critical callback times. That would be how long is it taking your people to reach a provider, to reach their offices, to communicate critical results? The reason those are such a big deal, of course, we know, is they need to have action taken upon them. And so even more so sometimes than the routine results are those that a physician needs to take action on and a clinical decision needs to be made based off of that result. So how long is your laboratory taking to convey that information? How many attempts? How many tries? How many different ways has that client provided to you to communicate with them? Again, as Ellen mentioned, when you're beginning that relationship and you're trying to set up and, and walk the path of preventing as many problems and, and trip ups and everything as you can, that needs to be communicated. How can we get to you 
not a nine to five office, but how can we get to you with critical results in a way that you're going to be happy with moving forward? Very important. A couple of other ones I just want to mention is the number of lost specimens. And this one is important if you run your own courier service or if you outside contract with a career vendor, they should be providing that. But how many lost specimens are never making it to your door? Or if they are, let's look at the testing part, how many disappear once they hit the laboratory? Important to be able to track that, important to be able to have an investigation process that you can rely on, that you can show, and that you can prove is effective. And then being able to report that to your clients in a quarterly business review, an annual business review, whatever meeting cadence takes place. And then the last one would be something that I dealt with at my previous employer, which is how many times does the instrument go down or in our case, the LIS go down, which impacts the turnaround time of the results of the specimens coming in. So your outreach specimens are very time dependent. We know this. So if your instruments aren't working, or if you have set your daily PM or your weekly maintenance or whatever it is that you have going on to keep the lab running, if that interferes with the turnaround time of your outreach specimens, maybe that needs to be looked at a little closer. And so being able to report on, okay, this is how many times we went down, we weren't able to perform test X or test Y or your LIS? Is there something going on with that? So important just to kind of give your outreach clients a, a glimpse into the operations at the lab and what might be affecting, you know, the smooth efficiency of their specimens going through. Absolutely. And isn't it interesting where a lot of laboratories are very tempted to actually do their preventive maintenance during the busy shift because that's when their most seasoned and experienced employees are there to do the PM. And it really tends to really drag the lab to a halt, especially if you can't get the instrument back up and running in time. So excellent points. So from my perspective, Ellen talked about the operational piece. Brianne talked a little more about the within the laboratory piece. I like to look at some of the numbers. That's kind of my thing. And any and all numbers, the more the better. And I like to look at KPIs specifically related to the patient experience, also financial performance. So when I think about the patient experience, I think about things like the wait time for their phlebotomy experience. How long are they waiting in their draw site. And as you have that data, then you can actually use that to adjust your staffing, perhaps schedule patients so that they don't have to wait so long. I also look at things like patient satisfaction. And if you have great patient satisfaction in one location and not so good in another location, maybe you need to make some adjustments in the training for staffing, change your wait time, change your just your training and make sure that your people are good phlebotomists in those locations. And then when you look on the financial side, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of financial indicators that you could actually look at. My favorite, of course, is net revenue. What is the actual payment that you're receiving for that testing? And then what is the profit, the net operating income attached to that revenue? I also like to look at the cost for performing the testing. And then if you're able to demonstrate how with increased volumes, you're impacting and lowering your overall cost per test. That's actually another very meaningful metric. And then, of course, the best thing is to take that data, set baselines, and then trend that information over time. That's kind of my thing. So you guys really brought some metrics that are very operational, very customer-facing. I like to look at it as what's the next thing that we're going to bring to leadership to get them behind us in the lab and supporting us. 
Registration is now open for our 34th Outreach Conference. Leveraging the Laboratory Dimensions of Outreach will be held in Chicago, Illinois, September 26th and 27th, 2023. For more information, please visit our mayocliniclabs.com website. Click on Education and then Conferences. I hope to see you there. So with that, how about reporting? So Ellen, when you think about operational KPIs, who do you report to and how do you communicate them? Transparency and communication are essential to everything we do. And if we look at the outreach market, these are our providers and practices that have a choice of where they send lab specimens. And what I've seen is that there are different pieces to the puzzle, right? But I like to look at it from the total throughput of the patient experience. So they collect a specimen and maybe they put the specimen or they don't bring it to the lab until five o'clock when they're all going home. Well, maybe there's a courier that comes earlier in their day. They could get it to the laboratory sooner. Then you get it to the laboratory. And if the client is not filling out the forms or missing billing information, that adds to the delay. And then, you know, you do the testing and maybe like Brianne said, you have staffing issues, which we know everybody does or you need to follow up with the call center. Maybe when you call a critical, you don't have the back lines and you have the wrong lines. Then you do the test and then the report comes out, but you know what, it's a pathology report or it's some kind of heme path case and it needs to go to coding and they have a five to seven delay for the equally the same staffing issues. So the provider finally gets the result. And so I like to really look at the pieces of the puzzle at every aspect. And maybe it's if you've got a really fancy programmer can write those reports. If each piece of the puzzle has a little bit of delay, the total throughput to the client is extensive. And so using that, and you know, it's 80-20. 80% of the clients are not having an issue with your lab, but 20%, it seems like no matter what you do, you can't please them. And it's really diving down into the detail of where a delay might be. It may be coding, it may be registration, it may be the courier system. So I like to really work on that. And if I really can't make a client happy, that's when I start to break it down into its pieces and parts. So what you just talked about, I love that because what you mentioned is now taking this data and then using it for root cause analysis and then really using it to improve processes overall. I love that. So Brianne, from your perspective, when we've got metrics, how would you use those metrics to improve a, a customer relationship and maybe make them not a problem customer and a better customer? I love just how tactful that was. We don't want to call our clients problems, right? We don't, want to, we don't want to call them problem children, but everybody knows what we're talking about. We have those locations, those provider places that just can't seem to send the specimen the right way. And and you don't want to make them feel like you're picking on them. So how do we get around that? And what I suggest is getting around it with data, showing them numbers, showing them metrics. And so I suggest instead of just everything you send is wrong, why can't you get this right? <laughs> or just automatically setting them in the trash can, anything like that. We don't want that kind of impression. How do we get around that? And it's tracking specific issues and problems. Ellen alluded to it a little bit earlier, and that is keeping track of the number of 
requisitions that come from that location that have problems? How many of them are missing billing information that now someone on your team has to spend extra time on chasing down more phone calls that we don't have the luxury of the time to make, but we're having to do it? How many of those are missing the, the billing codes that she mentioned? How many of them are, are unclear about which test? I can't even begin to recall the number of times that we would have a requisition come in and it said, hepatitis. Well, thanks. <laughs> Do I get to pick? Because I have a lot of choices. So things like that, where it's so generic, you just don't really even have a direction to go to. Track those. And it's very hard to do in the middle of a sessioning when a big batch of courier drop-off comes in and you're just trying to get them a session processed and, and through to the back, right? That's what you want to do. You just want to get them done. If a process or a structure can be put in place to capture those eventually, even though it might take a few extra seconds, minute at the beginning, eventually that will make the front part of the house a little smoother as then outreach leadership takes those metrics to the client and begins to work on repairing those <laughs> and fixing those so that then everything does run smoother and more efficiently. You can even appeal, appeal to the client and say, your stuff's getting held up. Here's why. Let me show you. If we can work on these, is it retraining? Is it clarification? I would even say take a page from Ellen's book, invite them along, you know, put your arm through theirs and say, hey, let's go. Let me show you my lab. Let me show you this, the front to the back processes. Help put a, a visual in their mind of the day in the life of their specimens. That can do so much to clear up some of those things that you may be having to deal with. I don't want to say to fight, but to deal with. Uh, so yeah, requisitions are huge. Anytime paper requisitions come in, guaranteed to have issues. How many specimens are improperly collected, improperly labeled, it's not in the right container? Same thing, same idea, same process. Begin to collect that information and to address it with the client one-on-one. -on -one. And then last would be the number of missed specimens. So we inevitably have clients, we've all maybe done it where it's someone's birthday, <laughs> the, the power in the building goes out and you need to close early. If you don't let your courier know, then they may stop by and you've closed, they didn't know it, they can't get in, those specimens are going to sit. So we could actually track that as a metric. The number of missed specimens due to inaccessibility, I guess, might be a good way to put it or a good reason. So how many times does that happen? It may not even be a, a cause. It may never come up. But if it does, capture those and be able to present those back because we want them to understand what we're doing with the specimens as much as possible. The way to do that is retraining, good upfront conversations, clarifications, and then maybe just give them a tour. Let them see what's happening with their stuff. So I really like what both of you said, because you talked about using that data to partner with the groups that it's about. Honestly, we're reporting on those individuals, whether it's the customer or our internal departments, and then working with them to make it better. So that's really what it is. And it's unimpeachable, right? It's neutral. It's just data. And when I look at it, I talked about the financial metrics. And I think that because we have so many bits of information that we could share, I think the challenge for us is to edit ourselves and make sure that we're not 
over communicating stuff. We may have a lot of information and just because we measure it doesn't mean we need to let everybody know about it. So it comes down to, from my perspective, knowing your audience. So you've got some internal facing metrics. You have external facing metrics. You have operational specific metrics. You have metrics that leadership cares about and metrics that leadership doesn't care about. So an example of something leadership doesn't care about would be probably missed courier pickups. Does your CEO need to know about that? No, but there are other things that they may want to know about. What I've seen a lot of our customers doing, choosing the key performance metrics for internal communication, and they create a display board, update them monthly, have them on the wall in the hallway, have them on the wall in a conference room so they can actually track their call center performance, their courier performance, their test volumes, and internal laboratory staff can see those. And then when you start to think about the metrics for your customers, you may want to be tracking the problem specimens that are coming in, the incoming defects, and then showing them hopefully improvement over time. And the other thing I've seen is when an outreach program is starting, doing daily huddles and just sharing the successes of the previous day. We got this many specimens and we're going to get more tomorrow. So just continuing to communicate across the group, it's a wonderful communication tool. So here we are coming back to the end of our time already again. And what I'd like to just kind of close with is the thought that because our customers are also healthcare providers and they're healthcare professionals, chances are that they're monitoring performance as well. So the information that we provide to them may become part of their own program going forward. So just remember, we have information and maybe they have information that they want to be reporting to us and it can actually make us better also. So three last questions. This is rapid fire time. I'll even ask myself a question at the end. So Ellen, what's your favorite operational KPI and why? Oh, Jane, I think it all comes down to the call center for me. They are managing internal calls, external calls, complaints from patients. They're getting the calls for um, maybe somebody doesn't have their bill. They don't have their report. And it's not really a formal KPI, but I would round with the call center every day and say, what do I need to know? Because then I would report it at the huddle. And so if a courier showed up late, that means they didn't meet their on-time performance. Well, you know what? The department had to pay overtime to manage those specimens. Maybe we had an irate caller that couldn't communicate effectively what the issue was. I could pull the call and listen to it and would do that every month on all the agents. So I think it's not really one KPI, but I look at a call center as the most valuable department to manage those incoming external real-time data. So I would say check in with that group regularly and then formalize what trends need to be tracked and maybe create some new KPIs to measure that and influence change. Okay. Call center, Brianne, you're next. If you could pick only one thing to measure, what would it be? Oh, it's so hard. I know. <laughs> With Ellen as well. For me, it is being able to get those results back. And so if I had to just narrow it down to one, assuming all other things are just flowing great and there's no issues, then for me, it would be the critical results callback. How awesome. fast can we get the actionable emergency values, the ones to start treatment, stop treatments? indicate a diagnosis we weren't hoping for, all of those kind of things that the provider really needs to immediately turn around and then convey to the patient, how fast can we get that back? Because they're counting on us to do so. So if I had to pick one, that would be mine. 
fantastic. So we've got critical callbacks. Gee, the telephone again. And for me, it would be if I had to give the CEO of the hospital an elevator speech on outreach, what three KPIs would I use? CEO, got him in the elevator. What am I going to say? And I think about what a leader in an organization wants to focus on, my thoughts were, okay, how does lab make them a better organization? So my first one would be the number of patients that we're serving daily through our outreach program. They're really interested in the touches in the community, so numbers of patients. I would also tell them what percentage of our total lab volume comes from our outreach program. Hey, CEO, did you know we served 150 patients yesterday? And over 70% of our lab volume is coming from our outreach program. And then lastly, the metric that I would share, the KPI, would be the net operating income. And remind him or her of what the bottom line is for the hospital and how laboratory is actually contributing to that. So that's my perspective. So operationally, test performance clinically, and then start to bring in some numbers. And I think you get a broad idea of how KPIs can actually be used to communicate the value and success of an outreach program. So Brianne, Ellen, ladies, thank you so much for both sharing your experience and thoughts related to lab outreach KPIs. And again, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. So today, I hope that our audience has gained some new ideas related to monitoring and communicating the performance of their outreach labs. Setting baseline data, measuring progress, hopefully showing some steady, steady improvement in their service is going to actually make it better for all of our outreach customers and the patients that they're taking care of as well. Thanks, Brianne. Thanks, Ellen. Thank you for listening to Leveraging the Laboratory. This is a podcast from Mayo Clinic Laboratories. We invite you to share your thoughts and questions by email. Please direct any suggestions to mcloutreach at mayo.edu and reference this podcast. So if, you, if you've enjoyed this Leveraging the Laboratory podcast, please subscribe. And until next time, we encourage you to continue to promote your community-based hospital laboratory. And remember, the needs of the patient come first. Thank you.